Hi, this is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. In this episode, I'll be talking with John Henry, changeover wizard at changeover.com. He's also the author of several books, including the Packaging Machinery Handbook, and upcoming, he's got The Secrets of Liquid Filling, which is going to be available in the next couple of months. And our topic today is remote servicing of packaging machinery. So, John, welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Good to talk to you. My pleasure. So before COVID-19, remote servicing for packaging machines and packaging lines was really just starting to take hold. But uh, over the last year, because of COVID-19 and, uh, you know, its travel restrictions and uh, social distancing and all that, a lot of people in manufacturing plants were a lot more accepting of remote servicing for packaging machinery and packaging lines. How much more accepting were they? Well, I think they were forced into it. Uh, didn't matter whether they liked it or not. They, they had no alternative. And I think that as they got forced into it, they found that it actually worked fairly well. Obviously not as well as in person, but perhaps better than they, than they had expected. Okay, and that kind of um, is what we were seeing in a lot of other areas too. Um, the uh, convenience of ordering online and having things delivered to you, we saw a huge increase in, in that um, behavior happening too at the consumer level. But, um, you know, you say they were forced into it. What were what are some of the concerns that they had uh, with remote servicing, um, either before the pandemic or just even during the pandemic, that um, maybe became less important or didn't really matter so much anymore? Well, there's, uh, there's a number of different ways that you can do remote servicing. I mean, one way is just uh, putting a headset on the technician, a headset with a Bluetooth connection, and uh, watching them work on the machine or pointing out the, uh, the areas of concern. Uh, but the biggest concern I, th I think I've found over the years with remote servicing has been uh, going in over the plant network. In other words, granting people access to the company's internal uh, network, which then connects to the machine through the PLC. Many, 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 well, many more machines these days are uh, part of the Internet of Things, if you will, uh, connected to uh, plant networks. And so if you allow XYZ company access to the PLC on a filler, uh, can they take that access and get out into other areas of the plant network? And so network security mm -hmm. has been a huge concern in remote access, uh, direct so, remote access to machinery. Yes. 
So the example that you gave um, about, you know, just setting up a technician with a, a, a plant technician with a headset and, uh, you know, camera and a Bluetooth connection, that's a little bit more. How is that more secure than, than instead of having a uh, OEM maybe come in through the network and talk to the machine directly? Well, it's it's more secure because uh, plant networks are are set up for this kind of uh, you know voice over internet. I mean, their whole phone system is voice over internet, so it's basically going out through the telephone system rather than uh, through the plant network. Okay. I mean, I mean, it still is the plant network, but it's not going out through the controlled portion of the plant network. Right. It doesn't give them access to potentially get into other areas. Okay. Yeah. Got that. Okay. Um, so. And, could, and, could, and if I may, it may could, even be over, it may even be over a cell phone that isn't even connected to, uh, to anything in the plant. Right. Right. Got it. Okay. And that gives uh, more control to to the uh, the company that needs the work done? Well, it it gives more control in the sense that it it, it segregates their network uh, and gives more safety uh, and security on their network. Okay, all right. Um, John, let's maybe talk a little bit about what the benefits of remote servicing are for the brands and um, how that can possibly help these companies get a little bit more comfortable with doing this. As you say, uh, because of the pandemic, they were almost forced into it. But once they learn what the, or experience what the benefits are, don't you think that they'll embrace it even even more going forward? Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, I think. Uh it's, uh, they've been forced into it and now they're finding it's not as bad as they expected. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not the unknown anymore to be scared of. And, uh, I think they're going to see the benefits of being able to pay for, let's say an hour or two of a technician's time when you have a machine that's, that, uh, needs a little help. Not, it's not necessarily failing, but maybe just needs a, a little bit of a tune up. And it's it's worth a few hundred dollars to you know to do a uh, remote consult with the with the machine builder. It might not be worth uh, five or ten thousand dollars, which is basically what it will cost to get a technician to travel to the plant and be mm -hmm. there for a couple of days. Uh, yeah. So I think I think there's going to be more interaction between the machine builder and the and the company. Okay. You know, it's, uh, um, it just occurred to me as you were talking that I, I would compare this to uh, telemedicine visits. And um, if we could just maybe talk a little bit about the cost since you brought that up, because I know I was surprised when I was doing some telemedicine appointments with uh, various doctors during COVID that um, the cost of the visit was the same as if I had gone in there in person. <laughs> and I guess I, I just assumed that it was going to be less. I don't know why, 
But can you tell me a little bit, like, how does the cost of this work? Is it the same cost, whether it's remote or in person? Well, no, because if it's if it's in person, if if I'm XYZ company and I send a technician to your plant, uh, and and all it takes them is an hour or two to to resolve the issue, I still have to charge for an entire day because they they can't. Uh, get anything else done that day. Um, I also have to charge for the day that they that they spent traveling to the plant and the day that they spent traveling back home. I mean, you know, travel time may be less and less expensive if if it's a local company, but uh, generally speaking, uh, one hour of on-site service is going to cost uh, three days or, you know, one day of service plus two days of travel. And with your doctor, your doctor is going to charge by the hour, essentially, mm-hmm. probably by the, by the procedure, but it essentially works down to the hour. So they're taking about as much time to do the in-person visit with you as they are to, uh, to do the, tele, the uh, telemedicine visit. Right. Okay. That makes sense now that you explain it. Um, Thanks for that. So we know time savings is uh, a main benefit of doing the remote servicing, being able to get whatever needs to be fixed, fixed right away so that the line can uh, get get back to running. Um, What other benefits do you see of doing remote servicing that might make a difference in the companies continuing to do this moving forward um, once we are able to do more in-person um, connections in the future? Well, I think what we're going to see is contract plans where you pay an annual fee, for example, and you get a, a certain level of, of service, you know, 10 hours of, of phone consults, uh, you know, video video phone consults. Uh, and I think that's going to, because you'll be able to do this relatively cheaply compared to the cost of bringing, bringing technicians in, I think that's going to give better communication between uh, plant technicians and builder technicians. And I think that's going to increase the level of training, increase the skill level of the, uh, of the plant technicians. And that, that can only be a good thing. Right now, we have a terrible problem in the U.S. in the packaging industry, but frankly, in, in all industries, and this has been going on for 10 or 15 years, 20 years. It's been going on for a long time. We can't find skilled people. We can't mm-hmm. find skilled people. I know I know one, one company that has been trying to expand for, I mean, they would hire 10 semi-skilled mechanics tomorrow to build machines if they could find them. And they've had, they've had a sign out in front of their plant so long it's getting rusty. Mm. Um, so um, I, think, I think better training of the people that you get through better access to the builder is, is going to be a very positive thing. So is uh, this is what I've heard from other people, too, though, is one of the reasons why it's so hard to get, um, especially for the machinery manufacturers, so hard to get skilled workers, um, skilled technicians, is because it's, it's pretty hard on a, a life 
to do so much traveling um, with, you know, family and just, well, before COVID um, plans with friends and things like that. Uh, doing it remotely, I would imagine if there's less travel, then maybe it would be more attractive for um, people to get into the uh, ser remote servicing, to get into servicing packaging machinery? Well, yeah, I wasn't, I mean, that's obviously a problem. A lot of people don't want uh don't want to go into these on the road jobs. And I can certainly understand that having spent my entire life, uh, most of my working life on the road, so to speak. Um, but, uh, uh, a lot of the jobs that we're talking about at the machine builder do not involve travel or involve only infrequent travel. Mm -hmm. And, okay. and the, the travel pays very well. Uh, I did some I did some classes up at uh, Wisconsin Indian Head uh, Technical College where they have a packaging machinery technician program, and I was told that their graduates start at about fifty thousand dollars if they were going to be working at a machine builder, you know, in a plant mm -hmm. uh, or at a you know a, a machine user plant. But if they were going to be like a, a field service technician where they would be expected to do a lot of travel, they might start at 100000 And this was, oh, five, six years ago. So it's probably only gone up since then. Uh, so, they, so people do get a premium for, for travel, and it's a pretty healthy premium. Um, okay. Okay. But, but uh, you do have to balance that with, you know, uh, work, home life, though. True. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so, John, do you think that like um, so many changes that have occurred because of the pandemic, that remote servicing is going to continue at these higher levels that we've been seeing during the pandemic? And um, why or why not? Well, it's, it's going to continue because, as I say, it's, it is a lot cheaper. You can buy an hour of the technician's time instead of a three-day minimum. Uh, and machines are getting more complex. When I talked to uh, Jorge Izquierdo at PMMI, he said that there's a big push to more automated, which means more sophisticated machinery, so more service is going to be necessary. And uh, we've developed systems uh, to do remote servicing, and machines are built, being built with more capability for remote servicing. So I think it's there's there's a bunch of factors. We've been moving this direction for oh since the '90s at least. Uh, in the '90s, we were doing uh, remote service on Stokes Merrill tablet fillers, uh, and uh, you know over over modems and so on. Uh, but uh, the, the technologies developed the. Uh, the comfort levels with the use of the technologies has developed. Uh, younger people are, you know, in the workforce now who have grown up using computers, uh, communicating uh, remotely. And so I think there's just a, a bunch of factors driving this. And it'll eventually get to where the whole factory is serviced remotely. Um, the, the man and the dog factory, where you have the uh, the dog to keep the man from touching anything and the man to just to feed the dog. 
So. <laughs> I've never heard that analogy before. I like it. <laughs> uh, something humanizing about that kind of uh, a future. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Well, um, John, thank you so much for sharing your insights into this topic. Um, it's it's good to know that there are some positive results that are, are coming out of um, such uh a painful pandemic that we've been going through. So I really appreciate you taking time to talk with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And to all the listeners, if, if anybody would like to contact me by email and just chat, I'm always happy to, always happy to talk about uh, machinery and packaging and manufacturing. So thank you, Lisa. Okay. And I'll make sure that they have your contact information too, John. So right. thank you for that. Right.